Welcome to another edition of NFL Draft Preview presented by Verizon. Ethan Greenberg, Dane Brugler. We got a fun exercise here on this episode. It's the full seven-round mock draft, baby, except the Jets right now only have six picks, rounds one through six. So, therefore, it's a six-round mock draft for the New York Jets. How difficult was it for you to put this list together, Dane? Well, now that we're through free agency, you know, it's that, that's, a, that's a big step. I mean, we have a better idea of... Uh, you know, what the, the needs look like, the directions they could go with uh, the current roster sits. Um, but obviously there's still some unknown about some of the players currently on the roster and what's what's going to happen there, some of the position battles. So by no means is this a, an easy exercise. But um, I, I think with all these picks, they at least make sense for maybe a direction that uh, this team could go. All right, without further ado, at pick 13, the New York Jets go with who, in your opinion? Paris Johnson Jr., uh, Ohio State left tackle. Uh, all, all six, six and a half, 315 pounds of him. Uh, this is a, a big but pretty fluid big man. Uh, you know, he's got the frame that you want. He's filled out. He comfortably carries that weight. But he also has athletic gifts. Uh, he can recover well, quick out of his stance. He's rangy as a zone blocker. He can reach. He can seal. Um, he's got some meanness to him, but he's also a uh, a well-schooled player on and off the field. He's a 4.0 GPA uh, kid in high school, fluent in Mandarin Chinese. Uh, he earned his degree at Ohio State in less than three years. So this is a guy that uh, you know is is well versed in a lot of different subjects. But uh, he, he's also very very coachable, and he was the leader of that offensive line, the offensive line room, the practices. Um, and he's, uh, has a lot of things going for him with what you want at the next level. So he has, he did play right guard as a, uh, as a sophomore. Then he moved to left tackle his past year was a consensus all American. So does give you a little bit of that position, uh, flexibility. And I think more so than these other tackles, he's ready to step in from day one. And, you know, regardless of what the, the situation looks like on that offensive line, uh, with who's at left tackle, who's at right tackle, who's healthy, uh, I, I think Paris Johnson and that addition gives you uh, some options with where you line guys up and getting the best five out there, uh, as well as giving you that long-term vision at tackle. So this is a good player at a position that uh, this team can afford to uh, you know, add some more depth uh, that, that's going to help them win right away. I think with the addition of Paris Johnson, this Jets offensive line goes from Pretty good depth to extremely good depth because of the position flexibility that you just mentioned. Paris Johnson starting at guard and tackle. With the Jets right now, their two starting tackles before the draft, Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton, both coming off of injury. Then you have Elijah Vera Tucker, the right guard, coming off of injury. So to add a healthy piece to the offensive line, I think would definitely behoove the Jets, especially with the talent of Paris Johnson Jr. And for the future of the Jets, this makes a lot of sense. So... Paris Johnson Jr., the selection for the Jets in the first round. All right, this is where things get interesting for the Jets because reportedly the New York Jets traded Elijah Moore and their third-round pick in exchange for pick 42 from the Cleveland Browns, which means the Jets now have picks 42 and 43 back-to-back -back in the second round. Who are you picking, Dane, at 42? Well, we might as well just stay in the, the Big Ten, right? I mean, they produced offensive linemen. Uh, and let's go a little west to Minnesota, and, and let's draft a gopher. Uh, John Michael Schmitz, 6'3 uh, 300 pounds, uh, sixth-year senior. Uh, he's three years older than Paris Johnson. Um, 
but you know, he's a guy that has seen a lot of football, played a lot of football, uh, 57 games played uh, at Minnesota, and he got better, I felt, with, with each year. Um, you know, he's uh, has the frame, has the mass, has the play strength, uh, but he's also very skilled with his hands, with the base, um, he, he, both in the, as a pass protector, then in the run game, he will drive you from your spot and, and, and physically move you, understands angles, um, has enough range so he can he can pick off linebackers when he climbs. Um, and it's another guy that uh, checked the box in terms of football character, in terms of the mental toughness, the, that blue collar mentality. Um, you know, he, he, his dad is a carpenter. His mom's an electrician. Like that, that's that, that's that's real. That's not just uh, you know saying that he that's the type of uh, blue collar mentality that you know he grew up with, and so he, he is a guy that uh, a, another one ready to step in from day one. Uh, now you know you do ask yourself, okay, can he play guard as well, or is he a center only? He he only started at center in college, so that's one of the questions with him. But the play strength, the finishing attitude, uh, I feel really good about him competing for that starting center job right away in camp. Okay, so adding Paris Johnson and doubling down on the offensive line. Joe Douglas, do you have a conversation with Joe before doing this mock draft or uh, you just, like, just playing to what he likes? I say we, we, we know what Joe likes. And so uh, let's, let's lean into it. Yeah. Okay. This is like, you know, it's like if you were cooking a meal for someone coming over, they didn't tell you what to do, but you right. know what they like. So this is what we're doing here on this episode of NFL draft preview. So the jets have two offensive linemen in this exercise. What would you think of the the way the Jets O-line shapes up with the addition of Paris Johnson, with the addition of John Michael Schmidt? Look, you want options, right? I mean, you you laid it out how uh, injuries, uh, they, they took a toll last year. And what that does to the uh, what you, your offensive line and then the rest of the offense. I mean, it's a ripple effect. So um, adding depth is never a bad thing. Uh, you want you want guys to compete in camp. You want those battles, uh, let the best man win. And you know, if, uh, even if that's not your second round pick, uh, but you want guys to push, uh, the other offensive linemen in the room. And I think that's exactly what they would do with these two additions. And, uh, you know, I, it, all, all 32 teams need more help on the offensive line. Uh, it's, this is not just a jets conversation. Uh, but it, it, if you're willing to invest in, in the trenches, I don't think you ever really regret it. The Jets had nine different offensive line starting combinations in the 2022 season. I think this is definitely a good way to have a solution if Mm -hmm. the injury bug were to ever bite the Jets again at that position. So with that being said, the first two picks are Paris Johnson Jr., offensive lineman, Ohio State, who, by the way, in this scenario, there's there's a scenario, in my opinion, where Paris Johnson doesn't necessarily see the field a whole lot because of the play of Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton, assuming that they're both playing at a high level, which is just very interesting when you're talking about the 13th overall pick. Something mm-hmm. to keep in mind. Then the Jets get a starting caliber center in John Michael Schmitz, Minnesota. And, of course, right after pick 42 comes the Jets again, like we said earlier, at pick number 43. Dane, you have the Jets selecting Wisconsin defensive tackle Keanu Benton. Why is he the right pick for the Jets based on player, position, and need? Yeah, Wisconsin native, uh, 6'4", 310 pounds. Um, And and I think that when you look at the Jets scheme and uh, what they want up front, they want guys that can stop the run, but also can give you a little bit of that upfield disruption. And that's Keanu Benton. 
he was a nose tackle in Wisconsin's basic three-man front with what they do. And so he didn't get a lot of chances to get after the quarterback. But during senior bowl practices, when he was you know one-on-one, he showed a lot of that quickness uh, that you wanted to see. He showed the, the, some of the movement skills and the ability to work off contact. Uh, even had some rush moves in there or the cross chop. So, you know, there's a lot of things about the film that you liked and then a lot of things at the senior bowl practices that you liked. As him as more of an interchangeable tackle. You want to play the nose. You want to play uh, over the B gap. He can do those things. And you're not drafting a, a specific a position-specific player with Keanu Benton. He gives you some of that versatility. So if he's still there in the third round, I think this would be an absolute steal and a guy that is going to see pretty meaningful reps from day one. Yeah, what's his brand of football? Because the Jets lose Sheldon Rankins in free agency. They lose Nathan Shepard. They re-sign Solomon Thomas. Defensive tackle is definitely a quote-unquote need for the Jets. But the Jets like defensive linemen, specifically interior linemen, who like to get upfield in a pass-rushing capacity. So all that to say, what is Keanu Benton's brand of football? Does it fit New York Jets football? And I think if you're just going on the tape, you're seeing a nose tackle who, you know, has got that push-the-pocket power, but you also see the upside of what he could be in a different scheme, and that's, uh, you know, more of an upfield scheme, and he shows that quickness, uh, the ability to get off uh, off the ball. And so, you know, we saw it during senior bowl practices. Um, I, I think that, you know, the flashes that he did show gives you uh, a lot of optimism about what he could be as more than just a simple, uh, you know, fire hydrant in the middle of that defensive line. So, uh, you know, he's a, there's a lot to like about him and he's a, a rotational player as a rookie, someone that, you know, you feel comfortable uh, in any situation. And then the, the, the role would only grow from there. So um, in the third round, I, to me, this would be a home run pick and exactly type of guy that you're looking for. Look, I think you're catering to your audience here. Two offensive linemen catered to Joe Douglas. One defensive lineman catered to Robert Sala. Now let's double down on the defensive lineman. Round four, pick 112. Again, catering to Robert Sala. Pick number 112, the New York Jets select Nick Hampton, edge rusher out of Appalachian State. Yeah, and you want you want guys with traits and production, and I think Nick, Nick Hampton gives you that explosive first step. Uh, it, it's basically a race to the corner with him, and he gets tackles off balance. Uh, he, he anticipates the snap really well. Um, he, he will access some speed to power opportunities at times. Uh, really nimble, efficient as a looper on stunts. Uh, you see the body flexibility. You see nonstop pursuit. Um, you know, he's a guy that's played a lot of football at upstate and he, he had uh, 40 tackles for a loss, uh, consistently led the team in sacks. So uh, he's a very disruptive player uh, and a guy that I think, uh, you know, is a sub-package guy as a rookie. And, you know, you think about um, like a Josh Uche, what he means to the Patriots as a more of a role player, but he plays a pretty important role because he's coming in on pass rush situations and he's asked to just go get the quarterback, go hunt. And I think that's what Nick Hampton can do. He, he might not have that every down NFL role, but, you know, because of some of the holes in his game. But if you're looking for a guy with the physical tools and a guy that just it pops off the screen because he knows how to get to the backfield, that's what Nick Hampton provides for you. Look, that, what you just said, probably appeals 
to teams like the Jets who have a defensive line rotation that like to get after the quarterback. What you just described a little bit sounds like Bryce Huff in a way where the uh-huh. Jets ask him to pass rush. They say, listen, you see ball, you go get ball, and you try your tail off to get there. Is there any comparison there in their styles of play? No, I think I think you described it well. All right, it's uh, you know, see ball, get ball, and you know, do what you can to disrupt the pocket and and make the quarterback move his feet. Um, and, and that's what Nick Hampton did consistently on tape uh, in the Sun Belt Conference. And uh, you know, a guy that you think can do it at the next level. So um, you know, you just add, keep adding more of those guys. You know, it's not like okay, we have Huff, we're good. Uh, keep adding more. You can never have too many pass rushers, especially with the rotations they they run uh, in that defensive scheme. So I, I think he'd be a great addition to that mix. And you, when you said earlier, stuck out to me that you're talking about the future of the Jets, mm-hmm. like the five year plan in terms of mock drafts. It's not necessarily who do you need right now. Right. Bryce Huff is a restricted free agent, and the Jets tendered him, which means he will essentially be on a one-year contract for the Jets before they either have to pay him or Bryce Huff walks on. So this is a good solution for the Jets to have, at least as a part of their team in Nick Hampton, the team's fifth-round pick in the NFL Draft Preview, seven-round mock draft. We're moving on to round five here, pick 143. Dane is not only catered to Robert Sala, not only catered to Joe Douglas, now he's catering to me. This feels like a pity pick. The Jets select cornerback Garrett Williams, Syracuse. Thank you. And is this a pity pick for me, or does this make sense for the Jets? No, I think it makes sense. Um, yeah, it just happens. <laughs> it's okay it happen- to be a pity pick. I'll accept it, it. It just happens to appease you as well. So that's uh, you know, it's it, two birds. But like it, it, Garrett Williams, if not for his ACL injury um, uh, back in uh, October. We'd be talking about him as a potential top 60 pick, right? Uh, a second rounder maybe. Um, but now he's got that discount sticker on him because of his midseason injury. And um, as long as the medicals, you know, teams obviously got a better chance to understand the knee um, and, and his rehab at the combine. As long as there's no questions about that, any long-term lingering issues, uh, you know, you feel good about drafting Garrett Williams at this point. We're in the fifth round. You know, we're, we're at a point in the draft where – you know, you make investments in, in talented players and that, you know, maybe for one reason or another, they fell. Uh, and Garrett Williams, one of those guys because of the ACL injury, he's here, he's available. Um, but this is a guy on tape that has outstanding footwork at the top of his routes, a really loose mover. Uh, you know, he, the ball production was outstanding. I mean, he, as a, as a freshman, uh, he led the ACC and passes defended. So, um, and, uh, uh, he actually had his first interception back in 2020 was a pick six against Trevor Lawrence. The only pick six Trevor Lawrence has thrown uh, Garrett Williams has. So this is a guy who's played a lot of football, gets his hands on the football, wore the, the captain C on his Jersey uh, proudly. I mean, he was a, a big part of that locker room. So uh, as long as the knee's okay, the doctor sign off, I think this would be a, a nice little investment here for the future in the fifth. Look, you said a, a top 60 pick. If he didn't hurt his knee, I don't know. Smells like a top 10 pick, if you ask me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But Garrett Williams, as a as a Syracuse fan, as much as there could be for Syracuse football, I'm not the biggest Syracuse football fan, but I try to watch the games when I can. He's definitely one of the players who popped for the Orange throughout the course of the last couple of years, especially this year. So, with that being said, let's put a bow on this puppy. Seven-round mock draft. The Jets' final pick in the 2023 NFL draft comes in the sixth round, pick 207, and they go to the backfield 
with mm-hmm. Deuce Vaughn, the running back out of Kansas State. Yeah, I thought about doubling up with another Syracuse back, uh, but you know, it's it's not you know make you too happy there. Let, let's let's go with uh, let's go. You got to keep Vaughn. me on my toes. I appreciate Ex- it. Right, exactly. Uh, Deuce Vaughn uh, from Kansas State. Uh, look, he's you know the size is what everyone talks about, so it immediately stands out. Um, five five even, not five five and a half. Five five even. Um, so just rare, rare size, but. Man, he is fun to watch. He's he's a space back. You know, you want him um, a, a satellite back. You want him in space. You want him uh, away from the congestion. Let him go create that low center of gravity that he has. Uh, the quick feet. He's always it, what I loved about him because he doesn't have maybe like that elite elite top speed, but he's he rarely runs in a straight line. He's always drifting, always creating these difficult angles uh, for tacklers. He has a natural feel for that. Um, so, yes, do you worry about the size limitations? Yes, in, in all phases, running uh, as a runner, as a blocker, as a receiver, you worry about the size. And that will probably diminish his NFL role, but he maximizes every ounce of talent that he has with these playmaking sparks that will occasionally create a wildfire. Uh, he has that. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, he, he doesn't have punt return experience, but I think it's something he could do. Um, and I, again, he's a guy you want to bring in and just find a, find ways to get the ball in his hands and let him go, go create. Um, that, that's what he, it's what he does the best. You know, he's the son of a, of an NFL scout. Uh, you know, he's a small player, but a big heart, you know, it, it sounds cliche, but it really is the case with him. So I, I don't think that he's a player, that uh, you know immediately you, you look at and say, oh yeah, I want him on my team just by looking at him. But then you watch his tape and you're like, okay, let, let's find a way to get this guy on a roster. Is he the closest thing to Darren Sproles in terms of the way they play and the height? Yeah, there's just not many guys. I think Boston Scott for the Eagles is, is yeah. maybe the only guy currently in the NFL who's kind of in that mold. Um, but there's not many guys. Sproles, you know, the Kansas State connection, obviously. But yeah, that's... Uh, Sproles, I think, was a little bit bigger in terms of his build and um, some of the, the role that he could have. But you know what? If Deuce Vaughn is able to carve out a similar type of career, I don't think people would be too shocked if he, if he was able to do that. That is the perfect way to end the seven-round mock draft. I think Jets fans would be happy with the job that you did here, Dane. So as always, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Ethan.